Under the Influence podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everybody. Oh my gosh. Today I have the most fun episode and guest on the planet. You guys, today I have Kenzie Elizabeth. She is a Texas loving influencer, podcaster, speedy reader, hot Pilates aficionado, YouTuber, and oh my gosh, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur girl. This girl has basically done it all. She has basically created this insane community and personal brand for herself through YouTube and through a podcast and just connecting with her community. Um, I love Kenzie so much and I got the opportunity to meet her when I was on her podcast. I love you so much podcast. And she just has this genuine, she's just genuine. She just has like the best soul and it's just such a light. I totally love following her on social. I love watching everything that she's doing. She does everything from hosting a book club to talking about, you know, her travels and showcasing her friends on her vlog to, literally launching a freaking merch design, basically a a merch company called uh, Breadwinning Housewife, which is so freaking cute and adorable. And I'm just really excited to have her on the show. I really wanted her to start at the beginning and really showcase how she built this community and how she built this incredible life for herself. So without further ado, let's bring on Miss Kenzie Elizabeth. Kenzie, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Under the Influence. Thank you so much for coming on. We had such a great conversation on your show. And I was like, I have to bring her on and hear just basically the beginning story and everything that you're doing. It's just so awesome. Hi, I'm so excited. I'm so ready. So Let's kind of start at the beginning. Obviously, you are so multifaceted. You have a podcast. You have this insane YouTube channel. You have this now amazing new clothing line called The O-Kind. Like, you have a book club. You do all these different things. And you have such a cult community where it's like, I feel like you have just these ride-or-die people that look to you and love you and literally just want to be in the same space as you. So I want to start at the beginning and I want to hear how all of this even began. Was it Instagram? Was it a blog? What happened? Well, thank you. No, I started on YouTube. I'm just turned 25 and my first videos were basically like my 16th birthday. So I'm at my 10 year mark at this point. Wow. And what was like YouTube back 10 years ago? At least for me, I feel like it's having a moment right now with Gen Z and everyone loves vloggers, but like it didn't used to be like that. It was so fun. It was so wholesome. It was so innocent. No <laughs> was funny. Like 
I remember when I signed with my first YouTube network, there was this network called Style Hall back in the day. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people that I'm now friends with were the ones that I grew up watching. I'm not actually, like sometimes people will say OG YouTube. I'm actually not OG. OG okay. YouTube would be like Lindsay Hughes, Emily June, Claudia Saluski, Lauren Elizabeth, all of those girls to me are OG. And they were like the wave before me and my friends. Okay. Ways before. And not that separated, but those are who I grew up watching, like Megan Ranks, all of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just like fun. I had no idea the money that was in social media at that time. And mm-hmm. because of that, everyone in that like time really, really just loved it. So it was a different feel. It wasn't yeah. clout, like didn't no didn't exist then. Influencer didn't exist then. It was just like really, really, really wholesome. Wow. And I feel like too, the intentions were probably so different, right? Like nowadays, I feel like everyone talks about monetizing your platform and that's how like people literally go into YouTube or they go into social media to make money. Yeah. That's insane. So when did this take off? What video is a video of your 16th birthday and it just like went off and went viral. No, it was. So I've always been like a slow and steady wins the race sort of girl. I've uh-huh. had videos blow up, but like I've never blown up overnight or anything like that. My first videos that started doing well were routine videos. So I had a morning routine video that hit a million. So I remember one summer I left school. It was my freshman year and I had a channel, but I wasn't being taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And this is summer I turned 16 and I had 700 subscribers when I left for summer. And then I went back with 15,000 and that was like a really big wow. at that point, but I was growing a lot because of that like morning routine video. And I was so consistent. I've been so consistent in the past decade. I barely miss mm-hmm. uploads uh, if ever. And like my channel has definitely gone through like ebbs and flows. And I feel like right now it's down, but it just, I don't know. I've been around long enough to know like things go up and then they go down and then it's nice to yeah. have platforms. But yeah, back then it was just like, so fun. Even my friends that I've had since pretty much that time, like we just went to Nantucket this weekend. Like we, mm-hmm. Danielle broke all of us. Like we are like OG YouTube friends with each other and we just have done so many things together. So it was just fun. You would like go and Skype your internet friends or like text them or whatever. It was just mm-hmm. so much fun. That's amazing. So how did this translate over to like Instagram and now like TikTok and like all these other platforms? And also, is that like hard to keep up with not only managing this main audience that you have on like YouTube, but now having to translate it over to all these other platforms? Yeah. So uh, I started on YouTube. I always had Instagram as like a runoff. I've never been like an Instagram influencer. It, my mm-hmm. Instagram was really just a runoff of like every other platform. Mm-hmm. And then podcasting and then TikTok. But yes, now that there's so there's even more platforms like TikTok specifically, it's like overwhelmed because I feel like you already have to be on your phone a lot and you already mm-hmm. have to be on different devices recording. So now it probably sounds stupid to anyone listening to this who's not in like content creation, but it's right. very overwhelming to have to get the horizontal shot and the vertical shot while also being present, while also being a part of this wall, because not so much of what I do, I share my actual life. So Mm -hmm. like I'm doing it on the go. So it can get to be like kind of annoying. Like there are times when I'm very jealous of people who are like TikTok podcasting because TikTok, YouTube is a monster. YouTube is a beast. Mm -hmm. It's the hardest platform there is. It's the most work that there is. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm these people who are on TikTok that like, not that it's not a lot of work, but like, yeah, to me, it's a breath of fresh air. It's a new platform and it 
compared to YouTube for my mm-hmm. platform, my TikTok takes no time at all. Right. And that's like with having a YouTube editor just takes more time. So like, yeah, now it's overwhelming, but I feel like I've gotten it down a little bit better, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, it's just a lot. Well, and also YouTube's such a long, like YouTube and podcasts are long form media. So it's like, there is, you know, we're looking at 30 to 45 minutes where TikToks are less than what, 10 seconds, or maybe they're 10 to 30. I barely feel like I even see 30 second videos anymore. So I feel like I can totally understand that. I also feel like from the brand side, because obviously when I work on social media, it's all for brands, right? Like I'm not doing personal brands. I'm not doing personal content. And it is interesting to think about that so much of your brand is literally by you filming your life, which is like, how does that, you know, for again, like those listening that those like really want like a peek behind the curtain, like how does it feel in a sense where you're like, okay, like I'm like going on this girl's trip to Nantucket and I need to film it. And like, how do you be present, how, but still maintain that you're doing the job? So the girl's trip to Nantucket is an easy one because like we all are YouTubers who went, okay. Margot also, all influencers who went. Mm-hmm. And we've just been doing it for so long that we get it. And we also, you get to the point where you just, like even my friends now at home are like, I had no idea you could vlog that, that we went to. Because I'm really <laughs> scary about it and I try not to be annoying. Yeah. Going on trips with like my YouTube friends, it's easy because that's just what we're all doing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I think just over time I've gotten... I know the shots I need to get. I know what I need to do. So it's gotten easier, but Mm -hmm. it is difficult. And this sounds stupid, but like when I'm doing something social, there's only certain friends that I'll put in vlogs Mm -hmm. and that's for a multitude of reasons, but it's like, I have to be with those friends if I'm going to vlog, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Cause if not, I'm like, I'm in my house 24 seven. Like I work here. I do everything here. So it just, I don't know. There's like almost like rules I have in my head that I've Uh gotten down over time. Totally. Okay. So tell us about the podcast. When did this start coming into play? Cause I mean, again, like YouTube and then you have podcasting We're podcasting so interview based and so interview styled, like what made you want to get into that? So the podcast is about four years old. Whenever Dear Media launched, it was the first show they developed. Wow. So I want to say about four years old. And I'm just naturally a very curious person. I have a lot of questions. I love reading. I love listening to podcasts. I love learning. So it was just very natural. I've always wanted to host too. And it's a way better setup for me hosting wise. And so that's kind of where it came from. I was just living in LA. I was really young because of my career. I was in rooms or because of like Mm -hmm. where I was at in life. I was in rooms with people that were cool and I was getting great advice from. And I was always thinking like, this would be so, I wish that like my viewers or subscribers at the time could listen to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ultimately it came from me just being a very curious person, which has helped so much as a host. Cause I think that's like the number one quality that mm-hmm. matters. And that's how you get the good questions and the good interview. Mm-hmm. So I got lucky. Cause I just have so many questions. I love that. Well, and I feel like you're, one thing I love about your show is like, you bring on so many interesting people and they come from all different kind of walks of life. And you genuinely do like you ask them questions as like you're sitting there and things are like coming through your brain. And I noticed that in our interview with get super is that you were literally just having a conversation with me and just asking me questions that were like popping into your brain as like, it was like happening. And I feel like when you're listening to that, as a listener, you're following along and you're kind of totally tracking the same wavelength. So I love it. Thank you. It's interesting that you say that because 
I outline every episode. So I go in knowing pretty much what we're going to talk about. But yeah, one thing I've learned as a host that has helped me so much is like, if that I always say at the beginning of episodes, when I'm recording with someone, I go through the spiel and then I'm like, Tangis, welcome. If you go off topic, that's even better. Because yeah. that means that the host is more interested in something. So when they get into, like before I used to be very pigeonholed, like I'm going to ask this question and this question and this is how the episode's going to go. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a lot more loose with it. And also that comes from like getting better at hosting. Yeah. But if it's going off the rec, like off of what you came in originally for, it's probably even going to be a better episode because it's mm-hmm. very natural. So I yeah. try to follow the actual conversation instead of following an outline now but I still have an outline. Which is amazing though. Cause I feel like that's what people listen to, right? Like if they hear the same questions, they hear the same topics that you're interviewing people for on the show over and over again, it doesn't feel organic. It just feels like they're going through a Q and a and that person's answering it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay. So with the podcast, I feel like you have so much to manage in terms of like your content and like how you're growing yourself and like your brand. And you've actually come out with like tangible products, like the O kind, and then obviously like your merch, what led you to like doing that and starting that those businesses? So breadwinning housewife, which is the merch just happened very organically. That was just something I said in passing that kind of stopped. (laughs) Just so great. (laughs) It's just like something random. Like I literally think I'm a comedian. So it was like something I said that I thought was funny and then people just loved it. And so- That has done very well for the most part. It's actually done very well. And I think I'm only going to do like two more drops of that. And then I feel like we've done it all. Like we have mm-hmm. home stuff coming out and then we have another set coming out and like that I want to be done. Mm-hmm. And then the Okine, I have wanted to have a clothing line since I was like six years old. So uh, I've gone in and out of it, like with YouTube, I was like, well, eventually I'll do it. And then everyone was doing it and then it want to. And then like over time, I was like, no, this is what I want. But I have a very specific vision with what I want. I want like yeah. patches. I don't want to be dropping new product every single second. I had very specific things in what I wanted. And then when I was in college, my college is part internship. And so Jessica, Jessica O'Hara, mm-hmm. we were interning together. And I was really good at what she wasn't good at. And she was really good at what I wasn't good at. So we oh were my all gosh, perfect. together. It was like yeah. the perfect match. She's very... Excel sheets, detail oriented, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. I'm very big picture. I like have the network. I'm very like big picture. I know it will work marketing, that kind of vibe. She's very creative. We're both good at the things, but like she's better at this and I'm better at this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it took like a year or two before we really started taking it seriously. And then that's just kind of how it happened. It's very new. We just launched very like a few months ago. But it's incredible. I mean, your sets are adorable. You both are adorable. I've met Jess. She's incredible. It just seems like it's really, really awesome with it. So with that, is it going to be, it sounds like you guys are really kind of taking your time and really making sure that it's kind of quality over quantity and like the pieces are selective, which I feel like is like a really interesting way to do it because I feel like it makes people want it more, right? Like people are probably like, well, when is the next drop or when are you going to do something else? And then it's like almost like coveted. Or it makes people care less over time. <laughs> so I'm trying to find that medium. Like yeah. we, we've just had a lot of like setbacks with things. So we have mm-hmm. four things, like four SKUs right now that are two of them being at the almost three, I would say of the four almost done with sampling. So then we'll mm-hmm. have a lot more launches in the next few months. Yeah. But yeah, obviously if I would have known what I would know now, like maybe we would have launched later. So it would have been closer, things like that. But like sure. it is what it is. 
you have to launch things to make money to then make more stuff. I mean, like it's a tough time to start. Yeah. Well, that and how I'm sure like production, right? I mean, exactly. I know on the brand side of things, like production timelines are just insane. Cost of goods are going through the roof. It's hard. But I also feel like what you've done with it is, again, it's impressive. It's in this sense too, if we're talking strictly from like an entrepreneurial side of it, the fact that you've done all this growth and you've done all this building and connecting with your community and just showcasing your life and then being like, now I actually get to make my passion projects come true and spend that time on making them something special. People feel that they feel the intention of it and they want to be a part of it. So I just felt like that was such a smart move on your end. Okay, good. Thank you. That makes me feel <laughs> No, I do. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about your book club because this is like the cutest thing I've ever seen on social media and you go all out. So you're an avid reader, but what made you want to start the book club? Okay, so the book club has gone through a lot of different iterations. Currently, there is no club. Okay. There has been in the past. (laughs) I want a Spotify live show or something. Oh, cool. It's a genius idea because they made like Clubhouse into a podcast, right? So I want something like that that's like monthly, right? So I couldn't get like Kinsey Reads or whatever on an Instagram handle. So I was like, I'll just do book club. And eventually it's going to turn into something else. Yeah. I have always been a big reader. Like I grew up on Nancy Drew and Judy B. Jones, which is like very apparent with my personality. I love but it. I've always been a reader. And then as I got older and it was like hustle culture, I felt like every single book I had to read or I could read had to be like a productive read and quote. Sure. And I lost all hobbies and all joy in my life, basically. Oh. So then uh, <laughs> in like 2020, I got back into fiction reading, which I grew uh-huh. up such a big reader. And I realized it's so interesting how I was so focused on like, I thought that like, if I read, it had to be nonfiction, it had to be something. And I still love nonfiction. Don't get me wrong. I sure. read often. But I thought every single thing I had to do in my life would had to be like productive and making me better. When it's mm. interesting is when I would read fiction, it's better for my mental health. It's better for me. I actually zone out. I actually rest. I learn more reading fiction. Like yeah. it's crazy how much it's actually been a really good thing for me. And it's been quote productive on accident. Like there's sure. been a lot of good. I heard yeah. today Ellen Hildebrand, an author that I love, met her this weekend. <laughs> she was on a podcast and she was saying in writing school, they always tell you the best thing that like an artist can do is go and live life. Like I'm like, live life, Courtney Kardashian, go and live <laughs> yeah. life experiences. And that's kind of how I feel with like fiction in a way. Anyways, I got really into breeding. I wish I would have made this Instagram bookstagram two years ago. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I had too many things going on, but I started sharing my books online or like my reason. Everyone loved it. Like to this day, Aww. that's what I'm asked about the most. It's what I'm talking to yeah. about the most, most messages. And I read over like a hundred books last year and I didn't make this bookstagram until this year, which is such a mistake. I made it like a month ago. Anyway, so then I just started reviewing books on there and I want it to turn back into a club. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard. Like I've done yeah, and that's hard. I've done Clubhouse. I mean, back in the day, that's hard. Like everything mm-hmm. is difficult because it's not how I picture this going. I need a Spotify live show is basically what I'm getting at. I mean, I think you should do it. I downloaded Goodreads because of you mm-hmm. and I'm the same exact way. It. I was in this position where... Actually, you know, I was talking to, I had her on my show, Krista from almost 30. And we were talking about productivity and like reading business books and how we had to, we feel like we have to, if we have this downtime, we're supposed to be pouring knowledge into our brains because that's how we're going to get more successful. And me and her started talking about it. 
Cause I was like, you know, to be honest, I love podcasts and I love business podcasts. I was like, but sometimes I just don't want to listen to any more business. Sometimes I do not want to read anything more about what I'm currently like living in. And same thing. It's funny because would read fiction basically on like vacation and I would burn through them. And I'm like, why am I like able to get through a book in like, three days? But then they'd come back and work and it'd be like all productive business, heavy, heavy stuff. And I'm like, I can't finish this book in six months. I won't even be able to do it. And so I think there is something to be said about like maybe decompressing your brain and it opens you up to the more ideas because you're actually enjoying yourself. It's light. You're able to think, like you said, your mental health, it doesn't feel like you're stressing yourself out more and you're able to like, I don't know, just kind of free up that mental space. Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get super has been featured in Forbes US today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. It helps me so much. I'm a really like disciplined routine person, but Mm -hmm. the number one thing that I do it's mm-hmm. reading like every single night I read before bed I left my Kindle at my dad's house and he like said it was lost it wasn't we found it later <laughs> I figured it out at like 10 p.m and I freaked out I overnighted a Kindle for it to arrive the next morning like oh I'm gosh. so crazy about it with my routine but that's because it helps me so much but it is so interesting feeling like you have to be reading business mm-hmm. and like self-development and all that stuff which I also still love I love those podcasts I love yeah. those books but I feel the same way like there's sometimes Recently, I've been listening to like dumb, like mind-numbing podcasts. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, like things about pop culture, like things that are not so business heavy. Because sometimes when I'm, I've listened to it all the time, but like I lose my mind. I'm like, I'm going too crazy. It'll make me anxious. But then Mm -hmm. there's other times where like I need that every morning and it makes me, I don't know, you just like go in waves. But it's interesting. I just pulled up this quote that I heard in the Skinny Confidential recently And Lauren shared a quote from someone else. And it was the mark of a successful life is a clear calendar. But it's interesting how when we are like going about our days and work Mm -hmm. and whatever, when we have an hour to ourselves, we feel like we need to fill it with other like quote productive things. Yeah, it is. And that is, I mean, that's such a good, great, first off, that's a great quote for something to live and strive for. I feel like that's something where literally my whole 
vision for this year was just to grow and to grow exponentially. And we did. And now like literally going into next year, like literally the whole conversation with my team, with my businesses, I'm like, I don't want to do anything. Like it is on you guys. We've grown, we've gotten everyone in the place they need to be. Now I get to like literally step back and drive the ship and come up with better, create more creative ideas. And Mm -hmm. that's where I need to live as like an entrepreneur. And like, same thing probably with you as like a creative. And I love that too, because my dad, it was so funny. I was just talking to someone on another podcast yesterday and they were talking about, oh, it was Elise from Bev. And she was talking about how she sometimes needs to take time to just go think or just go be outside and not think. And she's like, and I come up with business solutions or ideas by doing that. And my dad used to have this saying where he called it seat time. He used to race cars and he's a super like automotive blue collar dude. And he always tells me, cause he has his own business too, that the best thing you can do in your business is just spend time in your business, but not actually thinking or trying to productively overthink the business. Like you're just in it, you're sitting, you're visualizing, or you're being creative, or you have this mental space where you get to just kind of be creative, but you're spending time in it and you're spending time in that energy. And that's what there produces more success or more ideas or solutions. Absolutely. Lauren Bossa talks about that all the time with like think time. And it's so true. I go on my morning walks every single day. And those are just like my morning walks to myself. But like, I am the most annoying person. Like everyone, like my management, my business partner, my team at Jeremy, like they all want to block me between the hours <laughs> of 7 to 8 a.m. Because the amount of emails and just texts mm-hmm. also to my business partner of ideas that just are coming, it's crazy. Like I'm just on a morning walk by myself and suddenly I have all of these ideas and I'm not trying to do that. But mm-hmm. I think a mistake I made probably up until I was like 23 I would just sit there and I would focus too much on the business instead of being my own person or like Mm -hmm. living life or thinking outside of it. I was like chained to this thing instead of going out and doing other things, literally as small as a morning walk. Like I did do that, but I was so anxious driven when it came to business and I like released a lot of it and just been like, all right, it's helped me so much because I'm not like suffocating it. I'm not like yeah. too tightly. And that is where I've gotten the best success, the best ideas, everything. Isn't that so weird that it feels almost counterproductive? Like when we talk about it, but it does lead to more success. Like you would think the entrepreneur, the creator would need to spend night and day grinding as hard as they could to be successful. And I feel like too, that's also, at least for like for my dad's generation, that is the message that they tell all of us is you work hard, you play hard, but you work even harder. Like you nose to the grindstone, like you never give up, like you keep going, like you work 10, 12 hour days if you have to. And now we're starting to see the shift where we, more people are making more money than they've ever made and working less amounts of time. Yeah. Absolutely. It's wild. So let's lean into your morning practices. And I also want to chat with you about your own mental health, because obviously being a creator and sharing so much of your life and being so, I mean, I feel like you are so good about communicating with your community and just really tapping into talking to people and connecting with people, like very personable. It feels like anyone that reaches out to you, obviously you're trying to connect with how do you work with your mental health on that? Like being so open and really showing like every aspect of your life with people. 
So I'm very open and I share a lot. I don't share everything. There's certain things that I just don't talk about. Like, a lot of family things. I've experienced a lot of loss. Like I don't talk about that stuff as much online. I'll touch on it at times if it comes up in like a conversation or like something that I'm saying or like this happened, whatever. But like, there's a lot of things that I've kept to myself. I didn't even talk about, like um, I had two very close family members pass away within a year, about half of each other. I didn't even really talk about it online. So there's mm-hmm. things that are like more off limits. Not that I'll never talk about it. I just don't want yeah. to right now because it's not good for me. Because I don't like processing things in the moment on the internet. And I mm-hmm. actually, in a really like fucked up way or messed up way, sorry, if you can't guess. <laughs> no, you- I'm like, oh my God, I'll see people like crying online all the time. And I'm like, damn yeah. it. I should have, <laughs> not like because I need the views necessarily, but also because a good example, <laughs> I mean this with like genuinely, yeah. there posted mm-hmm. a podcast right after her and Joe Coy broke up with mm-hmm. Glennon Doyle. And I'm like the biggest Chelsea Handler fan after out there. Mm-hmm. And I actually really loved the episode. And mm-hmm. I was like, I wish I would have done that during my breakup when I refused to talk about it for months. Because right. if I would have had that episode when I was going through a breakup, that would have helped me a lot. So there sure. are certain things that like I just didn't talk about much at the time or yeah. go in depth to where it would be helpful because I was like, I'm dealing with it now. And then I obviously share a lot of my life, but like, I share like a normal every day. Like I work out, I go get coffee, things in my house. If I'm getting dinner with friends, if I'm doing this in my thoughts, I'm not like sharing. I'm having this conversation with someone. I do have a lot of boundaries on it. I think just because I'm naturally very personable, it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel that way. But there's definitely a lot of boundaries and a lot of things I don't share. When I was in Dallas, the first year I was here, I didn't post any, my friends were not in blogs at all. And it got to the point where they travel with me all the time now. So I was like, sorry, guys, like, you're not going to get over it. We don't really have choice here. <laughs> yeah. And like, they love it. It's fine. Yeah. But like for a while, I didn't share them. I don't know. It depends on like my phase of life. Mm-hmm. How is it with having to feel like you have to show up on like online or on social media every single day? That I think has really stunted healing for me in a lot of areas because mm-hmm. I felt like I couldn't have a bad day because I fill most of my days. So like when I was going through grief before I had that, well, I can't deal with it today because I had to film. This is my job. I don't have a choice. There's ways around it. I was so busy in my life then that I felt like there really weren't any ways around it. But Mm -hmm. I think it does suck more for me because if I'm feeling off, I feel like it's so obvious in my vlogs that I'm feeling off and my vlogs Mm -hmm. don't really feel very me. And that part sucks. Mm -hmm. Like I have reverse seasonal depression so like summer is really hard for me I don't hate summer but summer is really hard for me yeah and uh, I've been very open about that I'm like I just don't always feel myself I don't like the heat that's really what it is I don't like the heat and there's a less of a routine and like my routine is what helps my anxiety so therefore summer is harder for me anxiety to help wise but yeah it sucks when you're sharing your life and you're feeling off because I feel like it like ruins the vlog if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. I don't think it always does but that's what it feels like Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like too, like you said, it's got to be like awful to be in this place where you're like, well, I need to film today and I'm pushing this off right now so that I could deal with it later. But then I still have a job to do. And I feel like too, as a creator, not only I shouldn't say that's awful, but it also shows your strength. Like it shows your emotional and mental strength to be able to do that. I don't feel like, I guess I'm relating back to myself. Like 
I would be a complete wreck and I don't know how I would be able to handle it, but it sounds like you have such strength in who you are and knowing what you probably need to heal or knowing when you need to take those times for yourself that you're able to kind of manage both of them. Because I feel like that's, you know, I mean, that's even with social, like social media managers that we're managing inside the agency. Sometimes we see an uptick in like lessened company morale because they're on the internet 24 seven you know, or they get a terrible mean comment about the brand or about the social media that they're operating. And it's like one, that's a social media manager, like behind a brand. Mm -hmm. So for someone in your position, it's got to take incredible strength. Thank you. Of course. So let's talk about a day in your life. So morning routine, night routine, you read, you walk. What does a day-to-day life look like though for you? Filming, interacting with your community? So every like day obviously is different, but my morning routine, this is, I'm like loving my morning routine, (laughs) maybe like six weeks ago. And it's been incredible. So most of the time I'll wake up around, I guess I wake up between like six to six 15. I have been doing morning pages every single morning, which I like to do anyways, but I'm currently doing the artist way. So that's been cool, which if you guys don't know, morning pages, come from the book, The Artist Way, which is by Julia Cameron. So I wake up, I have a journal, I write three pages straight, whatever's coming to mind. And then I just leave it there. It's very helpful if you have anxiety, cannot recommend it enough, but it's also just really good for creativity being just, it's good in literally every area of your life. Even when you have nothing to write about, like you will figure it out. And even if you, I sometimes every morning, I'm like, I have nothing to write about. I literally have nothing to say. I don't know what to do. That's sometimes what I write. And then at seven, I go and I walk. We have the trail, Katie Trail in Dallas. I'll walk my neighborhood. I'll walk different areas. I'll walk around the lake. Like there's different walks that I'll do. Get a coffee. And then after that, I typically go to Pilates at 8.30, come home, shower, and I get ready for my day. In between that, I'm normally listening to like podcasts. Yeah, I feel like that's a great day. I mean, I love it. So let's move into, I really want to have this conversation with you because you are so multifaceted and like you have a finger on the pulse when it comes to social media. Where are you seeing social media going right now? So I think I mentioned earlier briefly how I was like jealous of people who are like podcasts in TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, if TikTok's blowing up, maybe that is a future whatever. And I think at the end of the day, and so many people who know way more about social media than I do, have said everything always comes back to YouTube. So like, I don't Mm -hmm. think YouTube is going away. YouTube is the most stable. We'll probably Mm -hmm. always be the most stable. There's YouTube TV. At the end of the day, what happens when someone blows up on TikTok? They want to make a YouTube channel. Like Mm -hmm. that is, and I love my like connection with my viewers and stuff. It's more of just like the, it's a lot of time. Yeah. And that's where I started. So I'll never stop. I don't think YouTube's going anywhere. I think short form isn't going anywhere anytime soon either. I think everything's just going to continue to get bigger. Like I don't see it going away anytime. I don't even see TikTok going away, honestly. I don't, I think everyone compared it to Vine when it started. I don't feel Mm -hmm. that way. And there's like short form content, like there will always be a place for it, but I don't Mm -hmm. think YouTube's going anywhere either. And like, I really do just think it's the most stable of the platforms. Yeah. On social wise, I think podcasting is even more stable, but I don't know. I just think it's getting bigger. And I think there's a moment for both. Yeah. I feel like with TikTok, okay. So obviously, a lot of my experience was in Facebook and Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. 
we didn't brands. I mean, yeah. Do brands have YouTube channels? Of course, but you got to be like a red bull to have a successful YouTube channel. Right. And brands so, are focused on sponsorships on YouTube more than they would be on their own thing. They're not. percent. Yeah. Right. Because sure. Maybe red bull, but are you going to go cruise YouTube for a brand's profile? No. Yep. So it's been really interesting to see TikTok. And obviously too, I feel like you're right. I feel like I've seen so much consistency with YouTube, but when TikTok kind of came to the market, I feel like all these brands kind of did the same thing that they did when Instagram came into the market and they were like, we don't need to touch it. We don't need to be on it. It's fine. Not yet. Not now. Not right. Like just kind of put it off. And now it's like, I'm seeing this insane hot scramble for every brand to get on TikTok. But then now like everyone's kind of like getting frustrated with Instagram and like moving away from Instagram and Instagram's trying to keep up with TikTok. And it's like, well, shit, now Instagram looks like it's a bubble. It's about to pop. Like it looks like it's had its moment. Yeah, I agree. And everyone's so frustrated with Instagram. I am the mm-hmm. one person in the world who's actually totally fine with Instagram being video. Yeah. <laughs> here for me. Like, I make TikToks. I post a TikTok to Instagram, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. I don't really like taking photos up. I don't like when I'm out and about, I just don't want to stop for a photo. And my friends, I live in Texas. My friends are normal here. I hate doing that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like the one person in the world who's fine with Instagram going video. I see Instagram has copied everything, but I agree. I do think Instagram is really out at this point. I don't Mm -hmm. see them coming back, Mm -hmm. which is scary for people who are really suck in photos. And like, I think about like photographers, you know, that sucks so bad, but I don't know. I do think it's going to go in the same way that like Facebook, like it's still around, but it's your parents, you know? thousand percent. Yeah. So I basically got on Instagram when it was still like a photography app. That's like what it was. Like we all used like Fiesco and we had all these fun photographer friends. And even if you weren't a photographer, like you tried to take super artsy shit. And I agree with you. I always kind of think about that too, where I'm like, who was the one at like meta that was like, no, we're going all video because like, like if Instagram stayed in its lane and just was like, nope, we're only photography. Like we are not going to be endorsing video. Wouldn't you be able to kind of niche down that way and have more, I guess, more integrity for what people are posting and like for the community. But I don't know. I mean, money's to be made. (laughs) That is a really, really, really good example. Instagram is of why you should always be a community focused brand because yeah. had they listen to their community people wouldn't feel this way if they yeah. would have done what you said they would still have loyal followings there has to be a place for photos I think they've really really messed up by not listening I mean they've never listened to what we wanted though like no never order, you know like certain things they've always done what's mm-hmm. best for sales and growth right and then yeah. over time you're gonna lose your loyal customers in quotes or like users mm-hmm. Because everyone's annoyed with the app. Like everyone is annoyed with the app. Besides me, everyone is annoyed. <laughs> the one for the one percent. Yeah, I mean, I could agree with you. I think that there's, you know, I mean, and that's God, if someone's out there and an app developer, create the new Instagram and create it for photos and community, uh, there would be such a hard shift. Okay, so Kenzie, you are always a pleasure, girl. I love chatting with you. I feel like I could just sit and hear you talk about anything for like hours on end. I love your show. I want to ask you this final question. And it's a question that I ask everyone on the show, but what does influence mean to you? Well, thank you. (laughs) I think influence to me 
I think it just means impact. Like today I was recording a solo episode right before we were recording and I did it on You're Not Behind and it was a list of people who gained success like later in life. Mm -hmm. As I was recording it, I was like, I wish I had this episode before. Like I know this will be something that like means something to people versus like another episode. And I was like, this is the stuff that I'm like really excited about because I feel like this is the stuff that's like more impactful. So I would think it's more impact and like, community almost if that makes sense like I'm way more like community minded than I am following minded yeah but I think it would just be impact I love that I mean I think that you're spot on okay where can everyone find you please drop all the links tell us where we can shop the okine shop your merch all the fun stuff so Kinsey Elizabeth on YouTube Twitter Instagram Kinsey the Texan on TikTok (laughs) that's amazing My manager's like, whenever we get emails, that's like, can you do the text in by brand for TikTok? She's like, I just Google that. <laughs> the podcast is, I love you so much with Kinsey Elizabeth. You can shop the merch on this show description. We're doing a launch next month. And then the Okind on everything and the Okind.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for going under the influence with us. Thank you. Thank you.